Psalm 143, a Psalm of David. Hear my prayer, Yahweh. Listen to my petitions. In your faithfulness and righteousness, relieve me. Don't enter into judgment with your servant, for in your sight no man is righteousness. The enemy pursues my soul. He has struck my life down to the ground. He has made me live in dark places as those who have been long dead. Therefore, my spirit is overwhelmed within me. My heart within me is desolate. I remember the days of old. I meditate on all your doings. I contemplate the work of your hands. I spread out my hands to you. My soul thirsts for you in a parched land. Sailor. Hurry to answer me, Yahweh. My spirit fails. Don't hide your face from me so that I don't become like those who go down to the pit. Cause me to hear your loving kindness in the morning for I trust you. Cause me to know the way in which I should walk, for I lift up my soul to you. Deliver me, Yahweh, from my enemies. I flee to you to hide me. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Your spirit is good. Lead me in the land of uprightness. Revive me, Yahweh, for your name's sake. In your righteousness bring my soul out of trouble. In your loving kindness, cut off my enemies and destroy all those who afflict my soul, for I am your servant. All the way through the Psalms, we have these Psalms every now and then, which are called penitential Psalms. The most famous of them was that Psalm 51, where David had just committed sin with Bathsheba and then murdered her husband. And he, that whole Psalm was a very deep Psalm of penitence and repentance. There are seven of them. This is the last one. When you compare this one to say Psalm 51, Psalm 51 is very much like, I, I'm a terrible sinner, please wash away my sin. This one isn't like that, but it's still a penitent Psalm because he's saying things like, don't judge me, Lord. Um, and remember the days of old. And this Psalm is more like a prayer. It's a, a prayer of penitence because it's humble and it's crying out to the Lord, but it's more like a prayer to deliver David from the consequences of his previous actions. So, you know, for example, when you, um, you know, say for example, someone's painted a bench and they put a sign up that says, wet paint, don't touch. Um, you know, you come along and you see it and you can't help yourself. <laughs> so you reach out and touch. Boop. Well, you know, at that present moment, your, your mother is looking out the window and she gets all cranky at you because you've, no, you got told not to touch that. And you say, Mom, I'm sorry. Sorry, I didn't mean to. I mean, you, you kind of did mean to, but you know, I'm sorry. And so your mum forgives you because she's so kind, but you've still got paint on your finger. That's the consequences of doing the wrong thing. And you may have to repaint the bench too because it won't look the same. So even when you sin, you can be forgiven, but sometimes things happen in your life as a result of your choices, consequences. So David's now praying a a prayer that the Lord would help him. And you know, when he committed the sin with Bathsheba, the Lord forgave him, but then his whole life went down a different path. And it was a horrible path, we've talked about it. In verse five, he says, I remember the days of old. I meditate on your doings. I contemplate the work of your hands. David not only remembered the days of old, what God had done, he also remembered his own life before the terrible sin and how there's that feeling of, when, when you've made choices and you mess things up for others, especially your own family, it's a horrible feeling. And you so badly want to go back and undo those choices. You remember what it was like before that happened. 
I wonder whether that was what David was saying here. In verse two, he says, don't enter into judgment with your servant, for in, no, in your sight, no man is righteous. I think what David's praying for here is a crop failure. So normally we don't want crops to fail because they're good. We want our crop, crops to bear a harvest, but sometimes when we do a bad thing, we want our crops to fail. In the New Testament, it says we reap what we sow. And if we've sowed something bad, we don't want to reap it. So we pray for crop failure. And sometimes the Lord is merciful and that happens. In verse seven, he says, um, hurry to answer me, Yahweh, my spirit fails. Don't hide your face from me. He's not praying for forgiveness, like I've said, but he's praying to be delivered. Finally, in verse 11, he says, revive me, Yahweh, for your name's sake. Bring my soul out of trouble. Revive me, it's a prayer for revival. If you're like a lot of Christians, you think the revival is this like magical thing that happens where all these new people start coming, flooding into the church. That's not revival, that's the results of revival. That's like the, the side effects of revival. Revival is actually when the people that are already in the church return to their first love and their hearts are so filled with love for Christ, they start praying and living with earnestness and with passion. The joy of the Lord's in them, the praise of the Lord is in them, their, their prayers are full of faith. The result of Christians like that is that people start coming into the church. So a prayer for revival is a prayer about us. And David prays it, he says, revive me. And um, so you could say that this penitential psalm is a prayer for revival. I'm gonna finish with the words of a Keith Green song. Keith Green, a famous Christian artist, he, um, he died tragically in 1984 in a plane crash and his life was cut short, but the songs and the, the things he wrote and said up to 90, 1984 are still alive today. And he wrote a song uh, which is a prayer for revival just like this one, and he said this. My eyes are dry, my faith is old. My heart is hard, my prayers are cold. And I know how I ought to be, alive to you and dead to me. What can be done for an old heart like mine? Soften it up with oil and wine. The oil is you, your spirit of love. Wash me anew with the wine of your love.